Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. If you'll go to Galatians, the book of Galatians, chapter number five is where we're at, Galatians five. And we're gonna be using our Bibles and we've been walking down uh, the fruit of the Spirit. And so in Galatians chapter five, uh, we are, we've worked our way down. And I wanna slow down long enough to go back and review for just a little bit. And we have a solid 45 minutes um, of teaching, which uh, to, to a preacher, a teacher, Man, that is incredible. And uh, somebody said, the older you get, the, the shorter you'll preach. And, and I was like, mm, I'm not there yet. Give me more time. Amen. And uh, so Galatians chapter five, the entire book of Galatians uh, is, is totally about another gospel and people that were trying to influence uh, to where the flesh, although somebody saved, the flesh started to become predominant. Well, always remember, if you couldn't eradicate the sins of the flesh to get saved, then you and I can't eradicate the sins of the flesh to, to act right. This must be done through the Spirit of God. It's through the Spirit that we mortify. Uh, in fact, if you'll just look at Galatians chapter 3 and verse 3, so many uh, verses walking through here. It says, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? So understand that the flesh does not hold the key to the victorious Christian living. It's the Spirit of God that lives on the inside. This holds the key uh, to the victorious Christian living. Go to Galatians chapter 5, and now we come uh, to, to just this chapter uh, that is full. And we've worked our way to the fruit of the Spirit, and we are in verse number 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. And tonight we're going to talk about that one word, goodness. But let's back up, if we could, uh, to Galatians uh, chapter 5, look at verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. Now, let me stop and just let you know that when somebody's trying to work their way to heaven, Okay, when somebody's trying to be good enough to get to heaven, their whole focus is on the flesh and how good they are. And, and this is what separates Christianity from every other religion. And we're not a religion. We're, this is Christianity that we're living. But this is what separates Christianity from every other religion. And that is this. We are not trying to make better us. We realize no matter how good we are, we still fall short of the glory of God. We'll never make it. But here is what the average Christian does. The average Christian says, all right, now that you've saved my soul, I'll take over the flesh from this point and I'll start bettering myself and, and I'll use the principles of God's word and I'll go to church to be analyzed and to be given a little trinket to where it's like a little module that I can plug into and then I'll just go on about my day. 
doesn't work that way. If you couldn't do anything to your flesh to bring about salvation, then you and I can do nothing to our flesh to bring about the victorious Christian living. But many people try to read books. They try to read different things and listen to different podcasts. And I'm for bettering yourself. But do not think anything that you can change in your flesh will make you a better Christian. It is only through the Spirit that you mortify the deeds of the flesh. You don't mortify the deeds of the flesh, then become spiritual. You turn to the Spirit of God, that's what brought you salvation, and then you turn to the Spirit of God, that's what brings you sanctification. Sanctification done in the flesh is short-lived. Sanctification done in the Spirit is long-lived. And that's what we want, because verse 5, if you look at verse number 5, it says, For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. So what it's saying was the day that you and I were born again and we trusted Christ, we then started waiting. If we are waiting in this in this depot or in this waiting room, waiting for Christ to come out or Christ to show up to take us to heaven, always remember this, how we wait determines how enjoyable our Christian life is here on this earth. And the Bible says when he appears that we would not be ashamed at his coming. I think we have whitewashed the second coming of Christ, or excuse me, the rapture, to where we think, ah, oh, we're saved. And, you know, No, no, no. The Bible says that when he appears, there'll be some that'll be like, oh, oh, I, if, I, if I had known you were coming today. But while we wait through the Spirit, so then look what it says there, verse 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh love. In the key, again, the key to the flesh is not focusing on the flesh. The key to the flesh is focusing on the spirit. And when you focus on the spirit, the spirit very quickly will make those changes in the outer man and in the flesh because it is the love of Christ that constraineth us. Go to Romans chapter 7. And we're working our way down to the fruit of the spirit because when someone is spiritual... And someone has this fruit alive in their life in the spirit of God. Then there, there is this struggle. But if you'll notice that Romans chapter seven, Paul has this things that I should, I should, I don't do the things I shouldn't do. That's what I do. And then look at it in, in verse number. Oh, let's go to verse 21. I find then a law, Romans seven 21. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my what mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the what mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the what flesh, the law of sin. When you and I are trying to become a better Christian, we do not do this through the flesh. Now, we have to take a shower. We have to get cleaned up every day because our flesh is dying. We all understand that. But there's nothing you and I can do to the flesh. When somebody says, Pastor, but I have so many things wrong in my life, where do I start? You start 
with yielding completely to the Spirit of God that is on the inside. And when you yield to the Spirit of God, the same sins that were washed away because you wholly said, Lord, I need the same sins that were washed away in the flesh to get you to heaven are the same sins that can be dealt with now by the Spirit of God. There's something wonderful. There's just something wonderful. Years ago, we had a young man, reminds me of a couple of people right now that have gotten saved, and, and he looked around and he was like, hey, pastor, this was back in the late 80s, pastor, I, I noticed that everybody, um, everybody, all the men are wearing short hair. And uh, the old timers remember his first name was Eddie, and he said, "I noticed all the all the all, all all the men are wearing short hair." He had hair down to his shoulders, and I said, "Yes, yes, they are." Well, should I get my hair cut? And I said, "Well, did the Spirit of God tell you to get your hair cut?" And he was like, "Well, no, but is it in the Bible?" I said, "It is in the Bible." So I went to the Bible and showed him First Corinthians. When he saw that it's good for a man not to have long hair, nature's teaching him. The next service he came, after that, he said, it's bothering me. Why is it bothering? Because that's what the book says. So that's why these people have short hair. I said, well, some of them, that's the reason why, but that needs to be reason why you have short hair. And sure enough, wouldn't you know it, he got his hair cut. Whatever you're struggling with, this is when we go to the Spirit of God and say, God, I need you. Because look at Galatians chapter 5. And here's what's happening. Look at verse 7. For ye, he, they, he was telling this to the Galatians, ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not to him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, uh, uh, but uh, he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, circumcision why do I yet suffer persecution? Then as the offense of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off, which trouble you. And then he says in verse 13, for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Whenever you start talking in terms like I was just talking about you deal with the sins of the flesh through the spirit, then all of a sudden there's, ah, so, so that means that I can do anything in the flesh. You know, he addresses that right here. And he said, no, no, no. Don't use this liberty to do anything in the flesh, but use this liberty, and it goes right back to the second commandment, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Here we go. Verse 15. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one in another. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know what the flesh wants to do? To destroy every relationship that you have so that there's no restraint. None. It wants the husband to destroy the relationship with the wife. That way there's nobody. Because once you bite, once you devour, once you consume the brothers around you and the sisters around you, then all of a sudden there's no one to tell you no. And then look what it says here. The, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. Look at verse 18. I love it. But if ye be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Verse number 19, verse 20, and verse 21 tells us the power of the flesh that you have. 
Let me just stop and say that if anybody ever tells you, oh, I would never commit any of these things. Y'all, your flesh is just as bad as any other flesh. And we need to start thinking in terms like this. All it takes is for me not to be led of the Spirit long enough that this flesh can do anything I've ever heard any. Those are some bad things listed right there. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murder, drunkenness, revelings. And I love how he protects everybody and such like. But then you get to verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is. Now he breaks into what happens when the power of God rests on the inside. Now, we have talked about the different fruit of the Spirit. It's not fruits of the Spirit. When you get the Holy Spirit, all this becomes available to you. And then once the Spirit of God starts leading, then the power of the Spirit starts overcoming the flesh so that you can do what the Spirit wants to do, and you won't do what the flesh wants you to do. But it's going to come down to this. Do you want the Spirit leading in your life? Do you want the Spirit to take the lead? Because He's not going to force Himself upon you. No one forced you and I to trust Jesus Christ as our Savior, and no one's going to force us to walk. So now when we go through this, you're going to find out that all of a sudden there, there is, there is love, there is joy, there is peace, there is long-suffering, there is gentleness. Now, we've talked about these. The love is this unconditional love. It's not our love. It's his love, not our love. It's this I give and I don't expect anything back. We've all been there to where I give, I remembered you, and then it's crickets. I did and then nothing. And I don't care who we are. That's hard. And I can only do that so many times. But if you're in the spirit, then you take on the nature of God and you do it all the time. Yeah, I don't care what comes back. And that spirit starts overclimbing and overcoming that flesh. And then when the spirit is there and the spirit is leading, then there's love, then there's joy. There's this calm default setting in your life that no matter what happens, no matter what happens, you go back to this joy. I'm going to use a smile. It, 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 gravity of life may pull it down, but then it bounces right back to joy. And then there's peace. There's this calmness that exists on the inside that no matter what's going on, we're going to be okay. It is possible to live this way. Most people are like, no, their, their life is total drama. Y'all, how many love drama? How many, how many really like drama? Nobody likes drama. Nobody likes drama. The spirit is not about drama. The spirit, when it's ruling, is about this unconditional love. When it's ruling, it's about this joy that is a default setting that there's this joy. It's like walking from one room to the next. I walk to this room, I deal with whatever I got to deal with, walk right back out, go to this default setting. Hey, I have joy. Then there's peace. But then we talked about uh, two weeks ago, long-suffering. This is when you have that ability in this waiting room when you're going through tough times. You don't go through tough times with the flesh active. You go through tough times where the spirit 
while you're suffering, that there is this love, this joy, and this peace. As a pastor, I've been in many rooms where people were dying. I've been many a room. Brother Smith can tell you being in the ER, walking in and out, there is a distinct difference between family members who are saved waiting and family members who are lost. And it is amazing how that family members, when the core of the family is saved and then a lost relative shows up, that all of a sudden the lost relative is like, well, whose fault is it that we're here? And and they start running through all this. Stop. Stop. We're in a tough time right now. But to a believer, when the Spirit of God is there, then no matter what suffering we're going through, no matter what difficult times we're going through, when the Spirit is controlling, there's this love and this joy and this peace. Why? So that when we go through suffering, we can wait for the good to come. We read about it in, in 1 Peter, I think it is, and I think it's long about chapter 3, if you will, to where the long-suffering of God waited while the ark was being built. It is not in the nature of God to wait, hoping everybody dies and goes to hell. It is in the nature of God to wait, hoping that everybody gets on board. You see, sometimes when we go through it, we're like, get them. And I hope at the end of the suffering, somebody pays. This is not God. This is not God at all. And what we want is we want the fruit of the Spirit. So every one of us need to take the test. Is the Spirit alive in our life? I don't know. Are these fruits there? If this fruit is there, everybody is available to everybody, then what's going to happen is and all of a sudden... Now, we talked about gentleness last week. Gentleness is that ability, and I, and I put on the oven gloves last week. Gentleness is how you handle people after they've come out of suffering. That bedside manner makes all the difference in the long nights. That bedside manner. That, that nurse coming in. But don't we hate it when, when the nurse, the shift is on? I think I talked about last week, the shift's on, and then the bad nurse comes on at midnight. Why do they always schedule the bad nurses at midnight? No, I'm kidding. And, uh, and, 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 and the, you know, and they write, the, the first nurse is all about, you know, here's the picture of my children and here's my cell phone number. And then they come in to, to switch the things and, and, and then all of a sudden, here's the nurse that'll be taken over. And once the good nurse leaves, it's like, I don't do that. Don't call me until you die. And it's like, what happened to the bedside manner? When the spirit of God is alive in our life, then there is the ability to be gentle. Would you go to Genesis, and let me show you, in Genesis chapter 3. The Spirit of God was present. The complete Trinity was there at the beginning. But I want you to notice that the long-suffering and the gentleness of God And I want you to notice, if you will, in Genesis chapter 3, man listens to God. I mean, man listens to the devil. Man sins. In verse 7, And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. And they heard the voice of the Lord, watch this, walking in the garden. When was he coming? In the what? Cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? 
He did not come in the heat of the moment. He came in the cool, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. When God deals with us, he deals with us with his spirit. He is not going to ask us to deal with life any different than he he dealt with fallen man. He dealt with fallen man in the cool of the day. He dealt with fallen man by asking a question. He dealt with fallen man by letting them give an answer. And then all of a sudden, this footprint that he left us in the very beginning of creation is how we are to live life. But we don't fix the flesh with the flesh. We fix the flesh with the spirit. Now go back to Galatians chapter 5, and let's look at this one word now called goodness. So now we're at the word of goodness, and this particular fruit of the Spirit is the bridge, and uh, that, that now we're getting ready to impact the world around us, all right? When somebody is following the Spirit and they're walking in the Spirit, they have this going on on the inside of them. They have the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, then it starts to emerge in their flesh by how they treat people in gentleness. I have found in my life, when my tone is harsh, my spirit is not where it needs to be. But when I have and I let the spirit work in me and, I, and I'm trying to walk in the spirit, I'm trying to abide in Christ and I'm trying to do everything that I know to do, then it's very interesting how that the gentleness But then, now it's starting to emerge out of us. So when we get to this particular fruit of the Spirit, always remember that when the Spirit is working in us and there's this unconditional love, there is this default setting of joy, there is this calmness and peace when we have the ability to go through long suffering, and then we start treating people with our spirit very gently Now the Spirit of God is getting ready to impact because once goodness is thrown out. And so let's go through a couple of things if we if we could. I want you to go uh, to Romans chapter 2. So let's go to Romans chapter 2 and let's kind of look at this goodness that exists. So I find it very interesting in Romans chapter 2 and verse number 4. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. So the Spirit is loving unconditionally. The Spirit is joyful. The Spirit is peaceful. The Spirit is long-suffering. The Spirit is gentle. But then we come to, to, then we talk about this goodness. Romans chapter 2 and verse number 4. It says this, or despises, well, let's back up to verse one. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same thing. But we are sure the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such thing. Now it's talking about everything that was happening in Romans chapter one. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, or doest and doest and, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God, or despisest thou the riches of his, what please? And forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the what? 
goodness of God leadeth thee to what? Repentance. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasures up to thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds. To them who by patience, continuance, and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life, but unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jews first and also the Greek, but glory and honor and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentiles, for there is no respect of persons with God. What he's saying was, if, if they don't change, this wrath is already stored up. But he said what God's using right now is his goodness. Do you know from the time of creation to the time he destroyed the earth, that's 1,600 years. He was bringing them everything they needed. And guess what they were doing? They were spitting in his face. They become this immoral society. But God said, I'm bringing goodness. God sustained them. And I want to come to you tonight, and I want to let you know that this goodness is something that we have to work on, but only inside the Spirit of God. If you go out of here and say, I'm going to be good. I'm just going to be good. I'm going to do good to everybody. That's not going to work. The Spirit of God has got to be there to where your footprint and everywhere you go, you're leaving behind something created. What did the Spirit leave behind that is evident he did good? He did good. He did good. Would you go to Genesis chapter 1? And I want you to notice the condition the world is in and then who started moving? So the world started out in darkness. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without what, please? Form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. How did this world get turned around? It got turned around when and the Spirit of God did what, please? Moved. And then all of a sudden, something that was, was ugly became beautiful. Why? Because the Spirit of God started leaving behind evidence of goodness. And now you're going to find out when people are walking in the Spirit that they on the inside become, and then it starts overcoming the flesh. When it overcomes the flesh, instead of leaving a trail of depravity, they leave a trail of good. Your life will either be marked by the depravity, my life will either be marked by the depravity, or it's going to be marked by the good. Because at the end of the Spirit is not just making you feel good. When somebody's walking in the Spirit, there's a good. So now go back to Galatians chapter 5. Do you feel like you're hopping back and forth? You are. And uh, go, uh, go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm setting all this up for one thought there, there in Galatians. But Ephesians chapter 5, it talks about, and it give you just a beginning glimpse of, of this, this part of the Spirit and how it's just evident that, that, that someone's walking in the Spirit. 
and that the fruit of the Spirit's alive in their life. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Be ye therefore followers of God, uh, dear children, verse number 1. And then he tells us to walk in love as Christ also walk in love. And then drop down to verse number 8. He said this, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Then he gives us this little parenthesis. Look at this. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all what? Goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather what? Reprove them. So understand this, that at the opposite end, he's telling us in verse number eight, for ye were sometimes darkness. So what he's saying is this, is that when, when you were lost, when you were, Brother Spencer, can you get up right now and just kind of step out there? Brother Mark, can you two just step out and find out for me? Come back and give me a thumbs up and I'll be happy. And uh, so so understand that that all of a sudden, to the end that your flesh's reaction was to take advantage of a situation to do evil. This is what this goodness is. This is how you know that you're not perfect, but boy, I'm... I just may have walked in the Spirit. I just may have actually made a right step the right way. Because you don't know, you and I don't know if we're walking in the Spirit until we don't take advantage of the evil that our flesh would have taken advantage of. You and I were, were. I, I wasn't raised in a home of degradation. I, I just wasn't. And, 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 and I am, I am really, shocked sometimes um, about some of the stories out here of how people were raised. I wasn't raised that way. But I'll tell you this much. The flesh that exists is attracted to the ways I wasn't raised. And I have to walk in the Spirit because the goodness I do is in reaction to the Spirit I'm following. This is why he said ye were sometime. In verse number nine, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So this goodness is what separates us from the lost. Now, if you would go to First Second Thessalonians chapter one and verse 11, and uh, we're slowly making our way back. Second, Second Thessalonians chapter one, if you will. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and look at verse number 11. It says this, Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. When God looks at your life, he wants you to do a lot of good, and at the end of your life, it should be dotted by spirit goodness, I did good. If the first reaction of the flesh is the depravity, then the first reaction of the spirit should be total goodness. And when you're presented with an opportunity in life, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, let's, and, and you do good, and you're like, Man, where did that come from? It's like giving the right answer on the test at school, and you're like, I don't even know where that answer came from. I mean, I actually knew that. 
There's something about the Spirit of God that this goodness, God has good he wants to do on this earth. And guess who he has it to do it through? You. Because God lives on the inside of you. And God doesn't want the flesh leaving a trail of destruction. God wants your spiritual side of you leaving a trail of goodness. If someone right now were to list the good things that your life is known for, what good things would your life be known for? And and it is easy, y'all. It is easy to let the flesh make you think that's what you are when that's what you were. Because when you're saved, you aren't that anymore. Now, you can do that at any time, but God's got so much more for us. I, I, I was talking about Sunday morning in, in, in the Bible study uh, when, when, it, when it came down to building your life and we took the city of Jerusalem and we've been discussing the gates and it starts at the sheep gate and works its way to the fish gate, and then the old gate, and then the valley gate, then the dung gate, and then that fountain gate. We've been talking about that fountain gate, that no matter how destroyed the city was, underneath that city ran this stream that went to the king's garden. And 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 this, this is that exciting part. And you've got the Spirit of God living on the inside of you that it doesn't matter how much you've destroyed God and his Holy Spirit says, for all the things that bring you guilt from what you've done in the flesh, I want to bring you pleasure for God of what you can do in the spirit. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but it does mean this. It is possible for there there to be goodness through the spirit of God in your life. If I were to ask you again, what goodness could somebody lay at your life? at your feet. It doesn't mean that we're proud and we're haughty. It just means, God, would you use me? God, I want to walk in the Spirit to where I can fulfill what the Spirit wants, not what the flesh desires. Go to Acts chapter 10. And I think Jesus is our footprint in Acts chapter 10. This is what's available to you and I on the inside. Nobody has to live an inferior life. Look at Acts chapter 10 and drop to verse number 38. Look what it says here. Well, back up to verse number 37. That word I say ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what, please? The Holy Ghost. And with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. And we, look what it says there, are witnesses of all things, which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hang on a tree, him. This this man that went about doing good, this man that went about healing the oppressed, God was with him. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but, but not to all the people, but unto the witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost was so evident in Jesus Christ that he did good. You and I do not do good because we're the Savior. We do good because we have the Holy Ghost. 
And the Holy Ghost wants to be so ready at a moment's notice for you to do good. Let me bring it down maybe to where, where everybody's living. Have you ever been at the right place at the wrong, at the right time for somebody else and you were spiritual and it worked? And they looked at you and said, thank you for being a good Christian. And you're thinking to yourself, that was a fluke. (laughs) Y'all straight know what I'm talking about. It's just that moment, that moment to where all of a sudden you just got that. Let me pray with you. Let, Let me, let me help you. Is there anything you need? And then all of a sudden they were like, you have no idea how God used you. And you're sitting there going, like me? Uh Uh-uh. It doesn't work that way. Yes, it does work that way. Because God, the Holy Spirit, knows what's going on in this world. And the Holy Spirit wants to use you and I, not just to feel good. Not just to go, I'm at such peace and I'm at such love and such joy. I can float coming out. No. He wants to use you to leave good. He wants to put you on the front line to where you are not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, but you are fulfilling the lust of the Spirit. Go back to John, to Galatians chapter 5, and we have 15 minutes, and we will end with this. If anything I want to get across tonight that is just on the inside, and I just, just you got to get this out, is the fact that there's so much good that God wants to do with us. He did not leave us here to wait to do nothing. God left us here to be an impact on the world around us. And I feel sorry for the Christian that they don't see anything coming out of their Christian life. But this doesn't have to be this way. And God's not looking for you to be perfect because God knows how imperfect you are. But God is looking for you to say, Spirit of God, I want you to lead me and I am going to abide in you, abide in Jesus, John chapter 15. And then look here, if you will, in verse number 18, it says this, for the flesh, verse 17, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. Do you know what the flesh is saying? I want to do bad. You know what the spirit's saying? I want to do good. The flesh is saying, I want to participate in all the things that please the flesh. You know what the spirit's saying? I want to participate in everything that pleases God. The flesh is saying, no, 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 no. Scratch that itch for your flesh. And the spirit's like, please don't do that. It's, it's like a Republican Democratic debate on TV. But guess who's bigger in your life? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And any Christian who ends up at the end of their life having no good that they've done through the spirit of God, it was their choice. Because the deciding vote on who wins in your life is you. God didn't force you to get saved, and God's not going to force you to live for him. God didn't force me to get saved, and God's not going to force me to live with him. So when we walk through this, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Now, the, the fruit we're studying next week is faith. And this is one of those kind of things that excite me. How do you build your faith? How is your faith built? How, where does this confidence come from? You know where the confidence comes from? From the doing of good. And once you do good, it's like, it worked. Like, it worked. You, you know, you hear stories of other people bringing people to church. Other people having this happen to them. Other people this having happened to them. And don't you get tired of hearing about everybody else it happens to? Don't you wish it happened to you? It can happen to you. Because the Spirit of God wants to use you. But it is going to come down to this. Three things as we end. Number one, admit you're saved and there's nothing you did about it. At the end of the day, I got to step up and go, I'm saved and there's nothing I did about it. Number two, admit you can't whip the flesh without the spirit. It's almost like, God, I'll be your partner, you and I together. No, no, no. God didn't need you to save him, and God doesn't need you to whip the flesh. Get in behind the Spirit of God and just say, Spirit of God, I need you. And when we recognize that the Spirit of God wants to get out and get going, this Godhead you have on the inside of you, it's operating at a high rate of speed. And the only thing that's keeping it from bursting loose is the fact you and I just don't let him lead. It's called, ultimately, it's called submission. And when we submit, then guess what starts to happen? The Spirit of God starts emulating this in our life. So in closing, in verse number 19 to verse 21, this is the work of the flesh. The flesh reacts to stimuli. The Spirit reacts to yielding. That, that component with the Spirit is when you say, Spirit of God, I want you alive in my life. Spirit of God, please take over. Spirit of God, please, you have to help me. Lead me right now. And when you're walking in the Spirit of God, and it's just not when you're in trouble, but it's every day, Spirit of God, lead me, then the goodness is going to come out. And when the goodness comes out, to the degree the flesh can get involved in a lot of junk is to the degree that the Spirit can take you to a lot of good. I'll end with this, and then we're done. Acts chapter 1, and this is where we're going to end. And then Acts chapter 1. At the end of Acts chapter 1, he tells them in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. When he has spoken these things, verse 9, uh, Acts 1, 9, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were coming, and when they were coming, they went up into the upper room. So we know they're in the upper room. Look at verse 14. These all continue with one accord in prayer. Very interesting here. And then all of a sudden, they're in this upper room. They're praying. They're waiting for the Holy Ghost to come upon them. 
Then we get to Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now let's stop right there. When the Holy Spirit of God is alive in our life, it not only conditions us on the inside, but it leaves good on the outside. And if there is no good, then why are we waiting? Why are we here? You know we're here? We're here because God has a lot he wants to do, but he wants to do it through you and I. And the Spirit of God on the inside is the only one that knows how to get this done. God has uniquely placed all of you exactly where you need to be. You're not here by happenstance, and you're not here by coincidence. You're here because this is where God wants you. But God doesn't want you here just to feel good through his spirit. God wants you here so that goodness can come out of what the spirit has for you. And then that next thing is faith. And then all of a sudden, it just starts building. And this is where you just get a lot of things done. God wants to use you and I, but he can only use us to the degree that we're yielded to the spirit of God. And what you're going to find out is we want to do good. Get it done. That goodness needs to come out. So let me ask you a question. When's the last time that God used you to do something with goodness, good, and you realized, man, that was the Spirit of God. This is the way you can live all the time. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.